Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey guys, welcome to episode 72 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. Today I have a special guest uh, and she is someone that is going to be truly inspirational because she's actually running faster uh, in the after 40 age group, uh, which is always impressive because I know sometimes on this podcast, I emphasize how like everybody inevitably slows down. So she's going to share with us some tips and tricks uh, of how she's doing the opposite. And she's also a business owner related to running that I'm excited to share about. So without further ado, I'm just going to pass it off to Shauna. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast, and I would love for you just to give us a quick introduction and especially tell us about your business, and then we can get to the running aspects. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I was a late bloomer in the running world. Um, I actually grew up hating running, I think, for a lot of runners, actually. I think... um, Running in you know grade school and high school and the mile run was um, torture. Yeah. So um, it's kind of ironic that it's something that has taken on such an important role in my life um, as an adult. So I started running at the age of forty, um, really as a bucket list. Um, with that big milestone birthday, I became friends with a group of women that were um, triathletes and Ironmen and marathoners and basically got inspired by them to want to start running and really without um, running other than on the treadmill for exercise, you know, and not a lot of running, maybe a couple of miles um, on a treadmill just uh, to stay fit. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first time I had ever gone out on the road and signed up for my first half marathon um, as I was approaching 40. And I guess, you know, the rest is history, as they say. I never looked back. I just kept going. Wow, that's crazy. And I wanted to, you know, at the beginning of the show, because a lot of people come on this and listen to this particular podcast, just to get motivation and inspiration. And I feel like you're in the best shoes to give that, you know, do you want to just share one quick thing the the listeners, especially if they're out for a run right now, that you want them to know about themselves? I want them to know about themselves. Um, definitely, you know, running is a hard sport. Yeah. No one said it was easy. And I think the biggest thing I think people need to know about themselves is that you're capable, you can do it. And to stay consistent and not give up. So I think for anyone is um, just know that you're capable of doing something. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I love like 
your backstory about the high school or just, you know, just running and how it was something that we all had to do, you know? So it's mm-hmm. later that you actually realize that, you know, maybe it's not the running part that's fun, but it's the friends and it's the, you know, the people out at the races and whatnot. Can you talk about like one of your proudest running moments? Like, was it the first half marathon or did that come later? Like, what's your very, if you had to pick one thing, what are you most proud of? Um. Probably would have to say uh, qualifying for Boston. I think that was something that was never on my radar when I started running. Mm-hmm. And to qualify for Boston in my late 40s, um, after seven, seven, eight years of running, um, something I never thought possible, I w- that was a pretty proud moment for me. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Uh, so what was it like then when you actually went to Boston? Like, to just tell us a quick, you know, brief overview of what, what it was like, like the day of. Uh, the, uh, I mean, everything about it, the whole weekend was amazing. Um, the day of, so I had run Boston twice prior to qualifying um, in on an invitational bib, and I ran in the charity wave. So I ran Boston before. Um, so maybe it wasn't as exciting in terms of getting to run the actual race again, but being there, knowing how hard I had worked uh, for those couple of years leading up to qualifying um, was super exciting. And being in the corrals with the qualifiers, um, it was just a gorgeous day and um, the weather was perfect. Uh, it It just was uh, amazing. I don't even know how else to describe it. Um, yeah, I know. That's cool. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what's, you know, tell me about your current workout regimen. Like, I know you're a running coach too, and we can talk about that. But like, what's your current status? You know, how many miles do you run a week? What are you training for? Uh, all that jazz. Um, so Typically on an average running week, if I'm not training for a full marathon, we'll be anywhere from low 20s to 30 miles per week. Um, I run four days. When I first started running, I was running five to six days and was getting injured and um, really was getting burnt out (laughs) at the beginning. Um, And I think that's a huge thing for the master's runner. Um, I don't think we realize how hard running is on our bodies. And of course, as you do get older, you need more rest, more recovery. And I think by cutting my days from five to six down to four was kind of um, part of the magic sauce (laughs) to um, finding that happy medium and being able to keep progressing and staying injury-free in the sport. So um, typically 20 to 30 miles when I'm not training for a marathon and then during marathon training, I'll, my peak week will be about 45 to 48 miles. And that's about as high as I, I go. Yeah. So what do you do? To, you know, what do you do on the off days then? I guess um, I have so two I, questions and, and maybe not even just on the off days, but in addition to running, what does your workout regimen look like? Mm-hmm. So, um, the, so I run the four days and then two days I count as rest days. 
Some days they are complete rest days where I literally don't do any exercise. I just yes. need that rest. Um, and then times I'll go for maybe a 20 minute walk. I have a dog. So, I mean, I walk him a bunch of times during the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, on my rest days. And then, then that, um, that seventh day, I always do a cross training day. Um, and that could be anything from, I have a rowing machine or Peloton cycling, um, power walking, if I had access to a pool, I love swimming. <laughs> so yeah. if that's ever possible, I love swimming. Um, anything really on cross training just to do like 45 minutes to an hour of some other type of exercise. And then on um, on the hard workout days, like speed workouts and tempos, and I incorporate strength training anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. Um, nothing crazy, but enough to, you know, keep my older muscles <laughs> performing yeah. well. So, um, and I like to do it on the hard days because I like my easy running days and my rest days to truly be easy. And so I keep those hard days hard. Got it. Yeah, no. And you're answering a lot of the questions I have just about your, how you're staying injury free and just motivated running, you know, as, as we get older. Uh, so I was going to ask you, the strength training, do you do, like, where do you get your plans at? I mean, I'm just curious, like, have you used a trainer? Do you go online? Like, where do you get what to do? Because that's, that's the number one question I get from people is just, yeah, I, I know I need to do more strength training, but I just don't know what to do. Yeah, well, you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, so probably, it's my biggest weakness. Running is my favorite type of exercise. Um, I'm always just looking online for strength training exercises. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't love strength, strength training, but I know it's important. Um, I do a lot of um, mobility stuff too with uh, band exercises um, just to keep like your hips loose and things like that. Um, but I don't, I don't really have a specific workout or anything for strength training. I just yeah. I kind of wing it and okay. I read a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, I find some of the best stuff on Instagram just scrolling through yeah. and I, like just save them. So I, I like it. It makes me feel a little bit better that it's uh, that I'm not the only one out there doing that. What about what about nutrition? Don't follow any type of nutrition plan. I've always been pretty conscious about what I eat. Um in my early 20s, I developed eating disorders, um, anorexia, bulimia, and settled them for about five years. So, and okay. even though it's in the past, I'm I'm still aware of what I put in my mouth. But I'm I'm all about eating everything in moderation, and I'm also very I, I stress to myself and to the athletes I coach and to anyone that you cannot slack on carbs when you're running. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Not only if you want to do well, but like you don't, you want to feel good <laughs> um, and running without fuel is just, I mean, the biggest mistake that anybody could make. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I do, I, I'm, I do eat very heavy on the carbs, um, especially in marathon training, but it's all about balance. I'm, you know, really focused on getting more protein into my body right now. Um, okay. But yeah, but I don't follow anything specific. 
Yeah. What about um, like during the race? What are like for the marathon? What are, do you have any specific things that you love personally? Um, yeah. So I've been using Honey Stinger too uh-huh. for years. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll take whatever I think it's like six chews every probably every thirty to forty minutes during okay. a marathon. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm actually trying to figure out my hydration situation yeah. as we speak. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of issues with low sodium and oh. know that I need to really increase my sodium levels and electrolytes during racing. Um, so I was a big fan of noon and base performance uh, salts. Like it's like you tip the tube, you lick your thumb and lick the, <laughs> lick the salts off your thumb. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'll do every like 15 minutes uh, during a marathon, but mm-hmm. very important for, to get those electrolytes and carbs in during running. So. Yeah. Especially it's getting so hot here in the Midwest. Like you just forget how much uh, you lose in the summer. So definitely. Yeah. Is it, how yeah. did you make the transition into like the, so to, I have two questions, like coaching <laughs> and like starting a business. So you can uh, address either one first. Okay. So my business, um, prior to having my kids and after graduating college, I worked in the fashion industry for years. Okay. Um, and it's such a passion of mine anyway. I just, I love shopping. I love clothing. I just mm-hmm. love fashion. Um, and then when I started running, um, a few years later and I was a stay at home, knew I wanted to do something. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to incorporate my passion for fashion and my love for running and combine them. And that's how I created Stiletto Running. And um, so that's where that came from. And then the run coaching uh, during the pandemic when we were in lockdown and mm. wasn't a lot going on. And I had started training with a coach um, a couple of years before that. And I just learned so much. And I loved the aspect of helping other people achieve what I was able to achieve mm-hmm. being coached by someone else. And um, so during the pandemic, I ended up doing the RRCA certification. Um, at the time, they weren't doing in-person classes, so it was all through Zoom. And um, and so that's, that's what made me decide to want to get my coaching certification. So that's been a few years already. And it's so rewarding. I, I love coaching people. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I, I think that's such a cool story of like how you went from, you know, not, not necessarily liking running to like now coaching and inspiring other people to do it. So uh, love that. And if, before we get move on, just so that if anybody wants to get in touch with you to get coaching, like how can they, mm-hmm. how can they get, get that scheduled or find out more about yep. it? I guess. Yep. So everything is on my website that is also my running brand um and clothing so it's uh still a little running.com yep. okay um and there's coaching information on there and my email contact and okay so yeah perfect okay good deal and i know we you know we talked about some like the the electrolytes during the training runs but one another question i like to ask guests is just like what kind of 
other tools do you use? It, it, I know that, you know, you don't necessarily use a strength training plan, but like, do you listen to podcasts? Like, do you read books? Like, do you use different apps? Like, how do you learn? I mean, you got co- certificate certified as a coach, obviously, but like, how else do you keep up with everything as far as your training and, you know, your gear goes? I mean, your favorite gear has to be still at a running gear, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I do not. <laughs> Of course. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, social media can be so bad and it can be so good, you know, yeah. um, they follow so many wonderful, motivational, inspirational runners and athletes. And there's just so many great things, you know, you can find on social media, um, in that aspect. Um, I read a lot of books, um, podcasts, um, I feel like 80% of my podcasts are running related yep. and I'm always looking for new ones. I love Allie on the run. Um, you know, she has real everyday runners that she interviews and she also has all, you know, the elite runners, um, yeah. and the professionals. Um, I love her pod- podcast. Um, a good friend of mine who I've also been interviewed on his podcast is, um, spark healthy runner. He's, uh, physical therapist and he's a coach and he has a lot of good information as far as staying injury free and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I would say a lot of, a lot of podcasts too. Mm-hmm. I love podcasts. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. And for people that you coach or just listeners out there, a lot of my listeners are, you know, getting started. So they're in the shoes that you were when you had your friends and you signed up for that first half marathon. So, you know, when you get someone as a coaching client like that, or you're just chatting with someone at a, like that, it, you know, that wants to get started in running, like what are a couple things that you tell them as far as, you know, how to, how to keep going at it? Like, would you recommend that they initially sign up for something uh, or, you know, just get started? What do you think? I think it depends on the person. I think some people, um, you know, they want to start running, but they're intimidated by a race environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know how I would say to keep going or, um, I'm trying to <laughs> like what how, can you rephrase like how yeah like how to just start <laughs> I mean I think start. that's the thing yeah. you know like I you know I think we all say like run walk but that's fine and you just yeah. once a week right like how do you get yeah. you know th- that people just struggle with keeping at it I guess you know they they can d- get that first week so like especially in what you just said, sometimes people are a little intimidated to sign up for something. So in that case, you know, how else can they stay with it? Yeah, I think um, from what I've read, I mean, statistically, it takes a month for something to become a habit. Mm -hmm. And I think when people have asked me how I stay motivated and keep going, especially in like the winter and things like that, I think running just becomes a habit. And I, so I think you have to, I think you have to give yourself a certain amount of time to say, okay, I'm going, I want to become a runner. Yep. And I have to give myself at least four weeks to test these waters because if you only go in for a week, I mean, like I said, when I hated running, when I was younger, my best friend and I, we 
said we wanted to go be runners. (laughs) We attempted it and we went for a run and we ran way too fast. We were overdressed. We ran uphill. We were like, we're never doing this again. But had we tried, you know, every couple of days and stuck with it for a month, who knows where that would have gone. So I do think, I think people need to commit to a certain time frame before they give Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And I like the four weeks because it doesn't seem like a super long time, but you're right. Like by the end of the four weeks, you're pretty much, you know, you've got it established as a habit in your life. Yeah. So I I think that's really helpful. Uh, You know, what about the one thing I talk about all the time on here and I started it out with it is that most people are slowing down. Like, why do you think you're being you're so successful at, you know, getting faster? So I definitely think that hiring a coach was the Mm -hmm. best thing I could have ever done. And I'm not saying everybody needs to go get a coach because there are are a million ways you can get faster. And especially as you get older, um, I think it's two part. I think because I didn't start running until I was 40. I think for someone who started running in their twenties and has run, you know, whatever, 20 marathons and now they're 50, most likely they're going to start slowing down at this point. I think the fact that I started later, I had a bigger window to keep progressing. Um, I also think for the first seven years or so that I was running, I was going out and running the same pace all the time. I never varied. I I didn't add any types of speed work or tempo runs or anything. It was just going out for a run. And of course, at the beginning, you will get faster because your body's, you know, progressing as a runner. And then at one point I plateaued and couldn't figure out why I wasn't progressing. And that's when I hired a coach because I did have it set in my mind that I wanted to try to qualify for Boston. And um, changing the way I was running is what has gotten me faster. I incorporated all the different types of workouts um, that will make you faster. Um, Progression runs and tempos and fartleks and intervals and all these different types of runs. And then I also slowed down on my easy days. I'm running my easy uh-huh. days slower now yep. than I was running just my regular run at one pace all the time years ago. Yep. So there's that gray zone that if you're running too fast to get faster mm-hmm. or, or sorry, too, too slow to get faster, but yeah. too fast to not get does that make sense? <laughs> so yeah, like, nope, I got it. I think middle. you're right. Yeah. yeah, the easy days are super easy. Yep. 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 And that, that allows your body to really run hard on those hard days. Totally. And that all kind of comes together on race day magically. Like, never imagined that it could really happen. But mm-hmm. and that's that's where you have to trust that process for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you do most of your running on your own or with a group? Um, so initially I did run with a lot of people, um, and and then it got to a point where everyone kind of was doing their own thing. And, um, so I do run most of my runs on my own. Um, once in a while I'll meet friends for easy runs, but Mm -hmm. most of the time I'm running by myself. Um, especially, you know, when you have goals and you're doing workouts, um, you know, you can't compare yourself to other people and really have to do your own thing if that's 
Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I was curious since after you got the coach, I was wondering how that went. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good. Um and you know, one of the last questions before I want to talk a little more about your business is just like what do you have goals? Like what are your goals for the next 10 years? You know, what do you want to do with your running? I want to keep running. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, I I'm still trying to PR in, you know, the marathon and the half marathon distance. And I don't know if that will happen. Um, you know, at some point we'll peak. And like you said, as you get older, it, we do decline in our running. Um, I think I still have a little bit left in me to PR, but, um, after that, I mean, I just, I hope that I can just keep running and Mm -hmm. stay injury free and still enjoy the sport. I mean, you know, it's not all about PRs. It's I, I love to run and I hope to be able to keep doing that. Um, well into my, my old age. (laughs) No, I love it. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, Stiletta running and like what people can, a lot of people are running while they listen to this. So like if they go, I'll put it in the show notes, obviously, but like what, mm-hmm. what do you sell? What can they find there? Uh, Cause I think it's super cool. I hadn't heard of it. And then after, uh, you know, we, we connected to do this, I went and I'm like, this is so cool. So would love to just hear, uh, you know, what you offer and, you know, where your inspiration comes for that too. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, so I offer a variety of um, running merchandise. I have running tights and running shorts. Um, and they're not just for running. You can wear them for, yeah. <laughs> for any type of exercise. Um, and a little bit of the, excuse me, the patterns on the tights and the shorts um, are usually inspired by the runway, the fashion runway. I mean, every season I'm starting out the, whatever the Pantone color is for the season. And I go off of that. Um, mm. And I do follow a lot of the fashion magazines and different websites from back when I was working in the industry. Um, so that is inspired by a lot of that. Um, and then all of my running tanks and athleisure wear like sweatshirts and hoodies and things like that um the designs are kind of cheeky and I don't know just it depends where I am um they I just get inspired by signs that I see (laughs) just I could be driving and see something or in a store um based on like a coffee mug I'm like oh well that's you know, could be turned into like something funny about running or, um, so yeah, it's kind of like day-to-day things or things that like I might say to one of my kids or my kids Mm -hmm. might say to me, um, that's a lot of where the inspiration comes from. Yeah, it's funny because I I've had her on this show before, but one of my best friends when I was younger and we did a lot of races were like, well, um, at least if we look good during the race, you know, even if the race doesn't go well. But it used to be so hard to find anything cute. I mean, they were talking a long time ago, like yeah, five years ago. So this is like I, I this stuff is so cool. I'm looking. I, I looked at it this morning. I was like, okay, you got to get ready for the podcast and quit scrolling through her stuff. But uh, so <laughs> I think other listeners will definitely you know, enjoy that too. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, What else do you want to share? Like, do you have any other last minute tips? I know we already talked about like someone just getting started, but 
Uh, just whether it's, you know, if you've got a going through a rough patch or you're injured, you know, any other insights and just mental things to share with people too. Yeah. I mean, my biggest mantra is just always show up and don't give up and stay consistent. I mean, obviously if you're sick or something like that, I'm not saying go through, go for a run and run through it or something like that, but just feel like, you know, when you always show up to something and put in your best effort effort. And even if it's not hitting the paces that you intended on for that workout or that race, but like just showing up and give it, giving it your best. I think that's the most important thing. And it's the, the key to success in running and, and making long, longevity out of the sport. Yeah, love it. Well, let's support Shauna. Go to stilettorunning.com and check out her cute tank tops and leggings. And the shorts are super cute, too. So make sure to check that out. I know she's got the information, like she said, about her coaching. Uh, and I do agree with her about getting a coach. I think that it can take you to the next level, even if you're the most motivated person. Uh, I think a lot of us do exactly what she was talking about, which is run the same pace or the same amount of miles each day. And a coach can really mix that up and help you go to the next level. So thank you, Shauna. I I appreciate you coming on. I know our listeners are really going to benefit from this. And uh, just, you know, thanks for taking the time out of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.